we, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Well, greetings, friends and fellow citizens, and welcome to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. I'm the host of this show. I'm also the president of the We the People Convention, and this uh, program is paid for and brought to you by the donors to the We the People Convention, who have made this uh, possible for us to have our five-station radio network uh, throughout Ohio, which airs this program on the radio on Saturday mornings, every Saturday morning. And it also makes possible the podcast, which is posted generally every Friday around noon at wethepeopleconvention.org. And then you can watch that podcast on your phone, on your computer, on your laptop, uh, on on TV, any way you want, uh, by going to wethepeopleconvention.org and clicking on the yellow button on the front page. And it'll give you a list of all the radio stations, and you can listen to those radio stations over the air as well as online. There's links to the radio stations. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes. You can uh, watch it on Roku and Amazon Fire Television, and uh, you can watch the video on YouTube as well. So however you're joining us, we certainly uh, thank you for doing so. We appreciate uh, your, uh, your listening and tuning in. And we sure appreciate all of you who have told others about this show because that's why our uh, listenership is growing throughout the state and the number of podcast views is going up. Uh, it's important for you to share this because I think you're going to find that this is a very different show. If you're just tuning in for the first time, you're going to hear news here and opinions here that you really don't hear anywhere else. And that's our goal. Our goal is to try to give you information about the news that's affecting you personally, that's affecting your individual liberty and freedom and prosperity, and uh, and that's really affecting our nation and, and our future. So that's what you're going to hear on this show, and we're glad you joined us this week. For those of you who texted me last week, I had asked all the people on the radio station uh, who are listening on the radio station to send me text messages so I could just see who you are, who's out there listening. And it was great fun. I, I, got, I got you know lots of uh, text messages from each of the stations on the network, and I was able to text back and forth with you all. And uh, you know it was it was kind of interesting just to you know get your opinions on the show and and what we should do. So thanks for your participation in that. We really appreciate it. Um, the uh, big you know, thing that's coming up for the We The People Convention, for those of you who have not tuned in the last few weeks, is that we have a, uh, a convention that we're going to be having in um, Columbus, Ohio, that starts on uh, August 15th. So it's a week from this, this week, and uh, it's going to be at the Crown Plaza Hotel in, uh, in Columbus. It's, it's actually in Worthington, which is just north of Columbus. And you can get your tickets by going to the We The People Convention uh, website, wethepeopleconvention.org, clicking on the, click, you know, get tickets to the convention. And there's a little video you can watch that explains what we're doing there. And the tickets are $35. The event, uh, again, is on Saturday, August 15th. And our guest speakers are Frank LaRose, the Secretary of State, uh, David Conti, who is the regional director for the NRA for Ohio, Indiana, you know, Pennsylvania, uh, a bunch of states. And then uh, Justice Judy French, Supreme Court Justice Judy French, who is basically running for reelection. And she's going to talk to us a little bit about why that's important, uh, you know, why the Supreme Court of Ohio is such a big deal. Now, as I've said before, Frank LaRose is going to be talking to us about uh registering people to vote, about uh, working the polls so that we can have in-person voting, and about voter fraud. David Conti is going to be talking about the tools that the NRA is going to provide to us, to the patriots in the state of Ohio and other states who are going to be making, uh, doing text messaging, doing door knocks, doing lit drops, uh, you know, just to get out our vote 
and to you know, to win this election in November. So he's going to be talking about that. And then um, I'm going to be talking about some things that we're going to be doing from a Tea Party standpoint uh, that are fun things, different ways to get uh, out to voters with this whole problem with coronavirus and and not being able to have big rallies and meetings and all those kind of things. So we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff. Um, and it's it's just a great time. But again, as I've emphasized before, come to the convention if you're willing to work to defend your individual freedom and liberty and to defend our country. Because this election, virtually everything is at stake. And we've talked about it on the show. We're going to talk more about it in this show. And, and you know, it's just time that we show up and fight back and defend our country and go on offense. And that's what we're going to do on, on August 15th in Columbus, Ohio. So go to wethepeopleconvention.org and click on the link uh, to get your tickets. There aren't a lot of tickets left. I have to tell you, uh, as you're listening to this, there's maybe 50, 75 tickets left. Uh, so please try to get your ticket order in because I'll be having to make the, um, the reservation for our food order and stuff like next Wednesday. So uh, please, uh, if you want to come, please check it out and and get your ticket order in so we can make sure we've got uh, the resources for you. All right. So thank you for doing that. Now, as I said, one of the key topics at the convention is about registering to vote. And, And I really just think that not enough of us understand how important that is right now. Um, I put an article on WeThePeopleConvention.org that says this is why voter registration is so key this year. And in that article, you know, I did make the point for those of you in Ohio that there's 9 million people in Ohio, adults, who are eligible to vote in Ohio, and only 7.2 million are registered to vote. That means there's 1.8 million Ohioans who could vote, who can't vote because they aren't registered. And that's just unacceptable. Uh, And this election is too important. And here's the kicker. Those people aren't in urban areas. The majority of them are in rural red areas. So I'm asking all of you guys to to ask everyone you know whether they're registered to vote, particularly if they think politically like you do, because you really want to register people who are going to vote to help your candidates. Okay, And then if you find someone, you can just take out your phone. If they say, yeah, I, I haven't registered to vote. I just moved here from another state or whatever. I haven't voted in a long time. You know, just pull out your phone and go to olvr.com. OhioSOS.gov, OLVR.OhioSOS.gov. Just pull out your phone, and OLVR says for online voter registration, OLVR.OhioSOS.gov. And right there, you can register to vote, and right on the phone. So, so go to that website, bookmark it on your phone, and then just hand your phone to your friend and say, here, just fill out your information. And then, again, they're not registered when they do that. They get a mailing from the Board of Elections so that they can verify who this person is, that they really are who they say they are. But it's a really fast and easy way for you to get that done. So so why do we need to get that done? Well, right now, the Trump campaign and the RNC have now registered 100,000 new voters in the 2020 cycle, more than doubling their number from 2016, according to the new Trump victory data provided to Axios. But Democrats are still registering new voters in key battleground states. Um, the voter registration gap between the Democrats and Republicans has narrowed in some of these key states. Uh, but a lot has to do with voters switching parties or dropping out of the electorate, not necessarily a surge of new voters registering as Republicans, nor indicating new Trump voters, according to the Cook Report. Democrats are still registering more new voters than Republicans in many key states. But... The Democratic advantage in Pennsylvania, for instance, which is a key state, has been lessened by 133,000 voters since 2016. And in in Florida, another big key state, 87,000 voters. So what that means is that in Pennsylvania, there are now 133,000 more registered Republican voters than there were in 16. And Trump only won the state by like, I don't know, 10,000 people or something like that. In Florida, he only won by like 50,000 people. And there's 87,000 new registered Republicans in Florida. That's why it's important to register new people. Uh, the Democrats' net advantage has also shrunk in the toss-up state of North Carolina. Meanwhile, in Arizona and Iowa, Trump victory says they have managed to slow voter registration momentum behind the Democrats. 
45% of voter registration applications come from the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. But as you and I know, because I just had to renew my license, you know, it took me six weeks longer than I was supposed to do because they're not open as many hours, not as many of them are open. But 45% of uh, voter registrations come from the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. But those have been shut down. So here's what to watch. Uh, this comes as President Trump continues to rail against mail-in voting. Many Republican leaders privately admit that absentee ballots are needed to ensure registered voters actually vote, particularly older white voters who may not want to come out. Okay? But I think many of you and many of us are confused about what the, the deal is with mail-in voting. Okay, what is the, you know, the problem with mail-in voting? And Liz Wheeler from One America News had a nice segment that I want to play for you to help straighten out in your mind the difference between absentee voting and mail-in voting and all that stuff. So listen to this uh, audio and video from Liz Wheeler from One America News. The five major problems with universal mail-in voting. First of all, universal mail-in voting is different than existing absentee ballot voting. With universal mail-in ballots, every voter gets a ballot in the mail. With our existing absentee ballot system, voters must request an absentee ballot in order to receive one in the mail. That distinction is very important for several reasons. If every voter gets a ballot by mail and then is supposed to return a ballot by mail, that places an enormously different burden on election systems, whether it's the mail service and the post office or the system to validate signatures. If everybody gets a ballot by mail automatically, that also encourages ballot harvesting, which means third-party individuals showing up at your door to try to collect your ballot, which leads to problems we'll discuss in a moment. But this difference between universal mail-in voting and existing absentee ballots is critical, so don't let Democrats tell you there is no difference. So there are five major problems with universal mail-in voting. Number one, We already have proof that mail-in voting leads to ballot harvesting and ballot piracy. In California, North Carolina, and Texas, people have been either caught or convicted of ballot harvesting already. Specifically in Texas, ballot pirates intercepted the ballots, the mail-in ballots of older voters, and forced them to sign the ballots that were already filled out. In California, Democratic operatives were caught offering to return ballots to polling locations for voters, but only if the voters were Democrats. In North Carolina, a Republican candidate was rightly forced to drop out of his race after he was caught engaging in an illegal ballot harvesting scheme. That's number one. Number two, post office incompetence is a real issue. In New York, 20,000 mail-in ballots were not postmarked by the post office and were thrown out after the recent election. Then, a judge ruled that those ballots must be counted. Now, the problems with this are obvious. If the ballots are legitimate and the post office incompetence is to blame, then throwing out the ballots without postmarks is the definition of voter disenfranchisement. If the ballots cannot be certified or verified as legitimate and there's a possibility of fraud, then counting the ballots without postmarks is also the definition of voter disenfranchisement. It's a lose-lose. That's number two. Number three... Elections, especially down-ballot races, are often decided by razor-thin margins. In the state of Florida, for example, the gubernatorial race in 2018 was decided by just 30,000 votes. In Ohio, a congressional race was decided by mere hundreds of votes. So the accuracy of which ballots are valid and which are not is very, very important. That's number three. Number four, our system of government requires definitive outcomes to elections, obviously. But look at New York. We're weeks out from one statewide election and we don't have definitive outcomes because of the mail-in voting. That's number four. Number five. Finally, a new CDC study shows there was no spike in COVID-19 cases after the Wisconsin elections. So the argument that people can't risk their health to vote in person is moot. So I hope that helped you, you know, with this whole issue of, you know, mail-in voting and why the president is so against it and why we are generally against it. We, we have absentee voting in Ohio, and that's not a big deal because you have to send in a request for an absentee ballot. They mail you, you know, back the ballot, then you have to mail that in. So they're verifying that your address is what it is. They're verifying your signature. They're verifying, you know, uh, other information about you. So, you know, we're not against 
any kind of mail-in ballots, you know, which is absentee voting. But this idea of just sending out thousands and millions of ballots for people to just send back and not having any idea knowing who sent the ballot back, that just can't happen. So that that's the idea. And we're going to talk about this at the We The People Convention. And, and, and it's important for us to be able to tell our other citizens, our fellow citizens about this, because it's very confusing. And what we want is we want a fair election and we want it to be decided on election day. So that's the thing that we're all working towards. Now, I also you know, said to you that we're going to have the NRA uh, at the event, and that's who we partner with. You know, the We People Convention and the NRA partnered in 2016, and that's why Trump won Ohio, and that's why he's president. So we're partnering with them again. So on Thursday, before I recorded this podcast, uh, we had some news about the NRA, where the Attorney General of New York filed a lawsuit to dissolve the NRA over fraud and abuse. And I mean dissolve. This woman has been, you know, they've been in, investigating the NRA, which for for historical reasons, like, I mean, the NRA is like a hundred-year-old organization, and they happen to have been set up in New York State. So they are, they are you know, ruled by the, the laws of New York. And so they've been going after the NRA for all kinds of reasons in New York. The lawsuit targets the organization as a whole and four senior leaders who they say have, you know, misused funds for personal use and all that stuff. And this woman is saying that she's going to literally dissolve the NRA. Don't bet on it, folks. The NRA, this ain't their first rodeo. And I got a, a, a mail, a text from uh, the NRA after this story broke. They said, Tom, we want you to know what our position is on this. And here's what I got. This was a baseless, premeditated attack on our organization and the Second Amendment freedoms it fights to defense, said NRA President Carolyn Meadows. You could have set your watch by it. The investigation was going to reach its crescendo as we move into the 2020 election cycle. It's a transparent attempt to score political points and attack the leading voice in opposition to the leftist agenda. This has been a power grab by a political opportunist, a desperate move that is part of a rank political vendetta. Our members won't be intimidated or bullied in their defense of political and constitutional freedom. Meadows added, as evidenced by the lawsuit filed by the NRA today against the New York Attorney General, we will not only sh- we will n- only not shrink from this fight. We will for- we will confront it and we will prevail. Okay, no news here, folks. Same old nonsense. It's it's you know it's the liberal Democrats trying to undermine the groups that fight for conservative values. The NRA is going to be fine. How do I know that? Here's another story from today. NRA plans to spend tens of millions in battleground states, and the NRA has added 1,000 new members each day since June, folks. Um, Basically, you know, the NRA plans to spend tens of millions of dollars, according to the Washington Free Beacon, in the, in the states that matter the most. Uh, the group plans to focus much of its attention on Arizona, Colorado, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Wisconsin, swing states with traditional strong support for gun rights. The NRA spent $50 million to boost the GOP in 2016, and, you know, they said that they plan to spend, you know, similar amount of money as they did in sixteen. Uh, the coronavirus has obviously caused some problems, as we talked about you know, last week, as far as going door to door and things like that. But they've, you know, they've got this texting capability where they're getting great results. And if you come to the Weezy People Convention, you can, uh, you will see the texting that they're, you know, you're going to be able to do. It's so easy. It's so much easier than making phone calls, and it's much more effective. So you're going to see that technology at the We The People Convention. And, you know, we're not worried at all. We're going to have all the resources we need to fight this fight and win this fight. And we're looking forward to do so. So, all right. So we're going to take a short break here and we're going to be back. You're listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion radio show and podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. Buckeye Firearms Association is Ohio's number one gun rights organization, protecting the rights of Ohio's four million gun owners. And you can get our weekly gun rights newsletter free. Receive breaking news and urgent alerts on gun laws. Stay up to date on self-defense and shooting sports. Discover pro-gun activities and events near you. Get your free gun rights newsletter now at bfanews.org. That's bfanews.org. bfanews.org. The Buckeye Institute was founded in 1989 and we're the longest serving free market think tank in the state of Ohio. 
My goal is removing barriers to prosperity that have been put in place by government. We want for Ohio to be the freest and most prosperous state in the country. The Buckeye Institute is a source of common sense ideas that will have an impact on the nation as well as the state of Ohio. All right, and we're going to talk some about election news here before we get into COVID, COVID, COVID. So uh, let's you know, let's move on to that. I posted a piece at WeThePeopleConvention.org that was about a CNN focus group. And this was really interesting if you didn't go to the website and watch it. Uh, it says, it's not likely to find anything on CNN that's favorable or even even-handed when it comes to President Trump. That's, that's one reason when it happens, it's noteworthy. If you just listen to the liberal media, pretty much all you would hear is polls that show Joe Biden is ahead. We saw how well that worked for them when they predicted Hillary Clinton would win in 2016. That's why it's incredibly important to hear what the real people are thinking. So listen to... What Rich Tao, a focus group moderator, the moderator of the Swing Vote Project, has to say from CNN. He said, uh, and for the, each of the past 17 months, I've had a unique window into the Americans largely responsible for giving the president his slim electoral cause victory, so-called Obama to Trump swing voters across the upper Midwest. Our Swing Voter Project has uncovered that many of these people who live in places such as Canton, Ohio, Davenport, Iowa, Erie, Pennsylvania, and Macomb County, Michigan, prefer Trump over Biden. In fact, 22 of the 33 respondents in these four most recent locations feel that way. So two to one, they support Trump over Biden. Not only are they overly well, overwhelmingly with Trump at this point, upon reflection, these voters who voted for Obama and Trump would now vote for Trump over Obama in a hypothetical matchup, according to Tao. Beyond the numbers, it's critical to understand why so many of them continue to support Trump, said Tao. They think a businessman is best suited to turn the country around economically. They feel COVID-19 was not Trump's fault, and he's doing the best he can to contain it. They conflate the Black Lives Matter protesters with the rioters attacking federal buildings and retail shops. They don't want historic monuments torn down, and they they dismiss defunding the police as ridiculous. These voters tell me they want America finally to be put first. They oppose immigration and trade policies they say give benefits to foreigners at their expense. And they want non-politicians who relentlessly fights back after witnessing too many office holders fold in the face of special interests. These voters may sound like typical Fox News watchers, but significantly the overwhelming majority are not. Many are instead people who get their news disproportionately from local television, regional websites, and Facebook. Compared to the kinds of people who seek out news from national cable channels, many swing voters reside in a national politics desert. According to Thom, most of them can't name anything that Biden has achieved in almost 50 years in politics. That's accurate, and it's killer when they're looking for an actor, not another passive politician looking to ensure his party's power. Well, uh, you know, basically, uh, these voters have no illusions about Trump's shortcomings. They hated the tweeting, but some will tolerate it as a price for hiring the relentless fighter they want. Worse for the former vice president, several told me Biden would be a puppet of others if he were elected. That's because many are convinced he has dementia and they mocked him after seeing videos of his misstatements online. That is really big news for Donald Trump and really bad news for the Democrats. Okay. And, and it's just the fact. That's the way you feel. I know it. I talk to you people all the time. But there's evidence from a focus group from CNN. So that's not from Fox News. That's not from Breitbart. It's not from me. It's from CNN. Here's some more shocking news. A new Gallup poll. 80% of black Americans want the same or more police in their neighborhoods. And this poll was done. Let's see here. When that poll was conducted. Just last week, this poll was conducted, and basically, what they asked is, you know, whether you would want to spend the police to spend more time in your neighborhood uh, or less time, and if you would like more police support or less support. And eighty-one percent of blacks said that they would want the same or more. It was the breakdown was sixty-one percent said they want the police to be in the neighborhood the same they are now, and twenty percent want more. Interestingly enough, the Hispanics were even higher. Hispanic Americans, 59% said they wanted to spend 
same amount of time they're in their neighborhoods now, but 24% said they wanted more time. Yeah, and this poll, I'm sorry, findings of this poll are from June 23rd to July 6th. So that's that's a powerful statement, okay? And these people who say, I want to defend black, defund the police department, like Black Lives Matter, those people say, no, that's that's just not right, okay? That, that, that's Nobody wants to defund the police, including the people in the black neighborhoods and who, who these Antifa and BLM communists are trying to use these people with the George Floyd death to, to create a lie. It's not true. And guess what? The most important thing is blacks and Hispanics aren't buying it. So then there's another thing I posted that was really interesting. I'm going to play it for you now. Uh, Dick Morris, who is, I've known Dick for like 11 years. He came to the, one of the first We the People conventions. Uh, I've known him since then. I've stayed in touch. He's been ill lately, but uh, he's, he's not always right. And he's really a, a, you know, an interesting thinker, a political analyst, but, but he's always got an interesting take on things. I want to play this for you. This is what he thinks about um, third-party candidates and whether it will hurt or help Trump. Listen to this. All of the published polls feature a two-way race between Biden and Trump, but it won't be a two-way race. It'll be a four-way race. In almost every state, there'll be a Libertarian Party candidate whose name is Joe Jorgensen and a Green Party candidate whose name is Howie Hawkins. Apparently two J's and two H's is their campaign strategy. And the point is that they get a lot of votes. Uh, the Libertarian candidate got 6 million votes last time, almost all of which came off of Trump. And the Green Party candidate, 2 million, almost all of which came off of Hillary. But this year, it's going to be different. And because the Libertarian Party is so close to the Republican Party and its agenda, that it serves as an outlet for disaffected Republicans. And the Green Party, likewise, for Democrats, if they feel the party isn't moving far enough to the left. But this year, I think it's totally different. This year, I think the conservatives and Republicans will hold fast at the Republican line for Trump. I do not think there'll be many defections of likely Trump voters to the Libertarians. On the other hand, I think that both the Libertarian and the Green Party will benefit from massive defections from Biden's supporters. Because both candidates are going to be irradiated with negatives as the election day approaches in free media and in ads. And as they do that, they'll increasingly get turned off the major candidate choices. But Trump's voters will stay with them. They're used to it. In effect, they've suffered through four years of negative ads. Biden's voters don't really know him well. And in fact, 23% of Biden's voters in one of the latest polls are unfavorable to Biden. So they're voting against Trump by voting for Biden. And I think that as Biden becomes more and more negative and people see his platform as being crazier and crazier, I think a lot of Biden voters are going to defect and vote for either Jorgensen or Hawkins, more likely Hawkins, but possibly Jorgensen as well. And I think good pieces of that 8 million that defected last time from the two major candidates will defect again, but this time will almost all come off of the Democratic total. Polls at the moment do not name the Libertarian or Green Party candidate. Rasmussen says you're voting for Biden or for Trump or another candidate, but they don't name him. Even so, the other candidate gets 4 or 5%. I think in reality, they'll get more. And I think as their names emerge and as those become choices that people can make, I think you're going to see a swelling of defections from Brian Biden going to those other parties. It's the byproduct of his hiding, his failing to come out, to be in public. He can't simply be the anti-Trump and hope to win this election. On the other hand, when he comes out, we see what a mental wreck he really is. So there you have an interesting analysis, which I never would have thought of. I would have thought that, uh, you know, third-party candidates would hurt Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, this, this will be interesting to see. So I, I want to share that with you. So, but now we got to get back to the, the, the news at hand about COVID. And in Ohio, we had stunning news on Thursday. Uh, Governor Mike DeWine, Democrat DeWine, who's been imposing all these heinous rules on the people of Ohio, destroying our economy. He, uh, you know, Mr. Mask himself, who tells us all to wear masks, he went to see President Trump, who was visiting Ohio. He's going to greet him at the uh, airport on the tarmac. And before he could do that, they had to test everybody. And he tested positive for COVID. So Governor Mike DeWine who is telling everybody to wear masks, and apparently he was wearing his mask, 
and he got COVID. So, geez, maybe those masks don't quite work so well, do they? We'll see what happens. We'll see. He's going to obviously take more tests. He may be a false positive. That would be interesting, Governor. Then we'd have to say, so, geez, Governor, you know, what about these tests? You know, how come your testing doesn't work? And it's just so ridiculous, but it's so hurtful. And it got really ugly here in Ohio this week because last Friday, the Ohio High School Athletic Association, you know, made a statement that they were set to go to play fall sports. And then that was on Friday. On Saturday morning, the uh, the health director of the uh, you know, that replaced that Dr. Amy Acton, who basically uh, also resigned this week and is going to work for a Democratic think tank. Thank God we got rid of her salary, but she still needs to pay some penalty for what she did to our state. But her replacement, Lance Himes, basically came out with a statement that was just ludicrous. I mean, basically what they're telling these high school sports teams is that you have to get every athlete, coach, trainer, official has to be tested for COVID before every match, 72 hours before any competition. And if anyone, and then they have to get, they have to get the results back before the match is played. And if even one athlete or coach tests positive, the whole match is canceled. Now, number one, they're, they don't have the money to test these athletes. I mean, if you're playing soccer, you're playing two, three matches a, a week. The state of Ohio doesn't have the resources to do this. All I could think of when I heard this absurdity was when Barack Obama so snidely, you know, such a, with a, that, that grin on his face said to the coal companies, yeah, you can open up a coal-fired power plant if you want, but you're going to go bankrupt when I'm done finding you and taxing you. Well, this is what DeWine and this uh, Lance you know, Hines guy did with the, with the schools. Oh, you can open up your schools and you can play sports, except you can't. Except you can't meet the standards. And the Ohio High School Association came out and said, yeah, you know, we can't do this. Unless this has changed, we're not, we're not able to play sports. And, and the, the idiocy of this, and this is from the guy who just got COVID wearing his mask, is that these are young people, right? These are students, student athletes in high school. And here's a chart from the Worldometer, which is pretty much the standard of your data on the COVID. And in this chart, it shows your potential fatality rate by age group. So I've got it up on the screen if you're watching the podcast, if you're on the radio. Let me just make it clear. From zero to nine years of age, your death rate is zero. There have been no fatalities from COVID. Zero. None. Okay? If you're from 10 to 19 years old, the chance of you dying from COVID is two-tenths of 1%. So 99.8% of you will not die. And yet, this clown is saying that two-year-olds have to wear masks. That, that, you know, that the kids all have to wear masks all day long. Why? It makes no sense. And then I love this one. So, okay, so you can have, uh, you can have these protests where people are not wearing masks, they're not social distancing, and you say that if you wear masks and if you social distance, it's okay. But then they go and they say it, there is no attendance for these so-called contact sports, and they consider soccer a contact sport. So you're telling me that I can't go see my son or daughter's soccer game. If you've been to a soccer game, how many people are there? A couple hundred? It's outdoors. If you wear your mask, if you social distance, as the governor says, you should be all right, right? This is what's driving people crazy. The man doesn't know what he's talking about. He's, he's literally insane. And, and so then he's saying, now remember, we started all of this. We started this with, we're trying to save lives. Then it was, we're trying to keep the hospitals from being overwhelmed. All right? We haven't had the deaths. They were predicting 3 or 4% death rates, okay? That isn't even happening. The death rate in our country is like two-tenths of 1%. So we aren't having the loss of lives. We never got close to the hospitals being full. 
And then they're saying, well, you know, we don't want people to get the disease. Mike DeWine actually said that his job now is to keep you from getting sick. How nuts is that? How are you ever going to be back to just living your life if he doesn't want you to ever get sick? Why aren't you keeping me from getting tuberculosis? Why aren't you shutting down because of the common cold? How come you're not sure? Do you intend to shut down now because of the flu? Because a lot more young kids die from the flu than die from COVID. This is lunacy, folks. And here's another statistic that'll tell you how stupid this is, okay? 63% of U.S. counties in the entire United States have five five or fewer COVID deaths. 63%. A Heritage Foundation research has demonstrated through the coronavirus pandemic the spread of COVID-19 in the U.S. has been heavily concentrated in a small number of states and among a small number of counties. As of July 28th, for example, just 10 states account for 60% of all U.S. cases and 68% of all deaths, greater than their 50% share of the population. The five states with the most cases, you all know, New York, California, Florida, Texas, and New Jersey, report 44% of all cases and 46% of all deaths. But, but the point is that for most of America, this is a non-event. Ohio, it's a non-event. Yes, we've had 3,000 people die from this in Ohio. 90% of them are, were, you know, very old with, with morbidities, okay, with additional comorbidities. This is not a threat to the general population. And this nonsense of locking people up and not allowing them to live their lives when they're healthy to protect supposedly the unhealthy, it's just never happened before in history. So why is it happening now? For one reason. It's happening because of politics. It's happening because these people want to destroy our economy and they don't care what the cost is. Because you know why? They're not paying any cost. They're hurting your children. The evidence is overwhelming. I talked last week about the suicide rates with young people. Are way, the deaths are way higher from suicide from, than from COVID. Way higher from, from uh, drug overdoses than from COVID. Okay? We're killing our children. We're ruining their education for no reason except politics. They're killing our parents and our grandparents in nursing homes. They're killing them with their policies. And you're letting them. And we should all be ashamed. We should all be ashamed. All right. So we're going to wrap up the show uh, for the people on the radio right now. We're going to continue the podcast. It'll go on for like another 30, 40 minutes. But, you know, I thank you for joining the radio broadcast right now. And I'm asking you to do your research Make sure you know what you're talking about. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org and and look at the videos and read the stories and share them with people because we need to educate our fellow citizens about what's being done to us and we need to stop it because there is no justification for what's gone on, okay? I appreciate you tuning in this week. I look forward to being back with you again next week and we'll continue with the podcast after this break. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right. Thank you for sticking with us on the podcast. We appreciate that. Got lots of important things to talk about. Our first story is really about the uh, the what's going on with the pro sports and the Black Lives Matter movement. And and basically there's you know plenty of evidence to show that key fans are unhappy with sports leagues kowtowing to Black Lives Matter. Their ratings are just terrible, folks. I mean, the NBA and baseball's ratings, I mean, we're talking about less than a million viewers for like the Yankees. I mean, they're not getting anywhere near the viewership because people just got insulted by them kneeling on the court and, and you know, having Black Lives Matter all on the court and, and, and you know, the baseball doing the first day stuff. And I'm glad the baseball's not kneeling now, okay? 
but people are just tired of it. And, and so there, you know, Rasmussen released a poll of a thousand Americans that indicates that Americans are sending more negative signals than positive ones over decisions for many professional sports organizations to promote the controversial Black Lives Matter movement. The poll released on July 31st revealed that more than 30% of American adults are less likely to watch sporting events that promote Black Lives Matter versus 21% who are more likely. It is even worse for those frequent watchers who follow professional sports on television, in person, on the radio, or on online once a week or less. Roughly 35% say they are less likely to watch events that promote the BLM protest. Not surprisingly, there are differences by race, but the differences are not significant as one might predict. While 38% of blacks are more likely to watch sporting events that promote the BLM movement, an astounding 28% of blacks indicate they are less likely to do so. Uh, that 28% exactly the same percentage of whites who indicate that they too are less likely to watch sporting events promoting Black Lives Matter. But racial differences are apparent in the low percentage of whites. Only 19% who indicate they are more likely to watch sporting events than promote BLM. Okay? So the bottom line is, it's pretty much universal. And while, you know, this pandemic was going on and everybody thought, oh man, bring back sports. You know, everyone needs sports as a distraction. I do. It helps me. I'm sure some of you do. But basically because they chose to embrace stupidly the, the you know, they, they got tricked by the communists that Black Lives Matter was about black lives and not about Marxism, um, they ruined it. They, they screwed their own pooch, right? And now they're paying the price. When are they going to learn? Is the NFL going to learn from this? Are they going to look at the TV ratings and get a clue? Well, you know, again... You hear me saying that Black Lives Matter is a communist group and they should be named a terrorist group. That Now I want to play you a clip from Rudy Giuliani where he says just that. It's not just me. Listen to what Rudy Giuliani says. As they learn more about the agenda, just go read the two or three backup documents for Black Lives Matter. It's a, it, it, it's a very, very strange society they want to set up. And so far, they haven't said a single word even when the terrible violence is taking place uh, by Antifa or by Black Lives Matter, both of whom are domestic terrorist groups, without any doubt. And you know who knows that best? African-Americans. I've actually had them tell me, why aren't they classified as a terrorist group? Is it just because they're black and nobody can say it? The, the two of the people instrumental with them were big, big shots in the weather underground that convicted terrorists. One of them had 58 years in jail and Bill Clinton let her out in 16. And she's raising their money, Susan Rosenberg. When she was sentenced, she said, I only regret that I wasn't able to kill the cops that arrested me. Right. That's who's running them. Yeah. Stop the nonsense. Stop the nonsense. These are killers. And these are people who hate white people. They're people who hate white men in, in particular. And they want to do away with a mother-father family. They don't think fathers are necessary. This is what we're talking about. Not the bull that you get on silly television. So there's Rudy Giuliani saying they are a domestic terrorist group and they need to be designated as that. I've asked you to write to the White House and to the attorney general demanding that they be declared a terrorist group. And I had given you the phone number of 202-456-1111 to call the White House. Apparently, because the volunteers that answer those phones aren't working, that doesn't go through. But you can go to whitehouse.gov slash contacts, and you can pull down a menu and choose what your topic is and send a message to the White House saying, I demand that you declare Black Lives Matter as a terrorist group. Folks, they are a terrorist group. I've played the audio for you and the video for you on this broadcast before. Their goal is to overthrow the United States of America. And as I've been showing you this graphic that I put up every week, it says it is now clear that everyone in the U.S. who says that they are or are found to be a Marxist, a communist, or a socialist must either be deported or convicted of sedition for working to overthrow our government as they are no longer Americans. They are no longer Americans. These people are the troops of the communist party, of the Chinese communists. And, and I'm just telling you, folks, that we're going to have to confront them either before this election or after this election. Because 
If you can de- designate them a terrorist group, then all those companies who stupidly gave these communists $450 million to arm up and attack our, our federal property and try to take over cities like Portland, you can go after them with the RICO statutes. You can stop universities from supporting Antifa and Black Lives Matter. You can stop funders. That's what we need to do. And I told you last week, and people don't like that I'm saying this, and I'm working on a graphic, so I'm showing that to you on the podcast here, but understand there is no Democratic Party. It has been taken over by the communists. If you vote for any Democrat, for any office, then you are voting to aid the communist takeover and destruction of the United States. They have killed the Democratic Party. That's just, that's just a fact. And again, you say, so prove it, Tom. Well, just go look up the, the mayor of, of Washington, D.C., who's a radical, democratic racist, right, who had Black Lives Matter painted in front of the White House, right? Go look at how much money the, the Communist Chinese Party gave her to help find office space for them in Washington, which they use to spy on American agencies. It's, I'm not making this up, folks. We need to fight back against this communist threat. And, and I, some people were asking me about Joe Biden and, and whether I thought he was, going to, you know, he was going to be the nominee. I don't think he's going to be the nominee. I, I really don't. I think that he just isn't there. And, and they're trying to avoid debates and all that stuff. And I think what they're going to end up doing is they're going to end up putting someone in his place, not because they can win, but because they're going to be the leader of the resistance. They're going to put some radical leftist in to be the candidate. Maybe Eric Holder, for instance. And they're going to lose the election. And the goal for them is going to be to lose the election and then claim it was stolen and that Donald Trump is a dictator and you must now, communist brothers and sisters, rise up and attack America because it's illegitimate. I really think it's like that Stacey Abrams woman from Georgia who was totally unqualified, had no skills, no ability at all, okay? But she went to that radical uh, training organization that I told you about in California that Cory Booker went to and Beto, uh, what's his name, O'Rourke went to and Stacey Abrams went to and Kamala Harris went to. This was a communist training ground. Uh, the, the Gillum, the guy from Florida who almost beat DeSantis. My God, how could that have happened? The guy was a cocaine addict and a felon and all kinds of stuff, and he almost beat Ron DeSantis. These people have been planning this for years. So I think they're going to not put Stacey Abrams in because she just isn't good enough to even do that, but someone like Eric Holder to lead the revolution. We are going to have to confront these people on the battlefield, sooner or later, before the election or after the election, because their goal is to overthrow the United States. I can't be any cleaner than that, any clearer than that. Our job is to crush them every way we can. And the best way we can is to make sure no Democrat wins anything anywhere. And so I'm trying to develop this graphic. If you're good at graphics and you can help me develop something that could be a good bumper sticker that says, if you vote for any Democrat, then you're a commie and you hate America. I want to make people ashamed to vote for any Democrat. That's what I want to do. Because you should be. Because if you do, you're voting for the communist takeover of our country. That's just, that's just the facts as I see them, folks. The decision is really clear. The election isn't between Donald Trump and anybody. The election is between individual liberty and prosperity and freedom and statism. The decision is between, do you want people to tell you to wear a mask, to stay home, when you can go out, you got to close your business, you got to lose your job, I'll tell you what job you can have, I'm going to control your health care, I'm going to control your kids' education, or do you want the freedom and liberty to decide what job you have, how hard you work, how much money you make? That's the decision is. I think most Americans get it. I think it's going to be a landslide in Trump's behalf. But we also have to worry about cheating. But this is, the battle lines are drawn, and you're not going to change this. You can't reason with these people. They, they are unreasonable. And 
you have to do one thing. You have to defeat them. All right, we're going to take another break. Before we come back for our final segment, you're listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion radio show and podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. This is Jordan Sekulow with the American Center for Law and Justice. At the ACLJ, we are committed to fighting the deep state and protecting freedom, the right to life, religious liberty, and fighting for the Constitution. The ACLJ has experienced tremendous success in litigating cases at all levels of the judiciary, from the federal district court level to the Supreme Court of the United States. We have offices in Washington, D.C., Jerusalem, and all around the world. You can find out more about the ACLJ and join us by visiting aclj.org. Did you know that the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio is the largest statewide life group in the state? Are you tired of the compromised approach to pro-life legislation that has been the status quo for far too long? Since 2017, the efforts of the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio has changed that approach, closing loopholes and making pro-life laws enforceable. Visit rtlaohio.org or call 440-668-4049 for details. All right, and we're back for our final segment. And, um, you know, I know this show has not been uh, as full of good news as some of the shows have been recently, but I just, you know, really wanted to give you news that you aren't getting anywhere else. And so this story was out. I put it on our website at WeThePeopleConvention.org. It says, your phone is spying on you and companies are generating secret surveillance scores based on that information. It's a really interesting article, and that's why I posted it. And it says that nothing you do on your phones is private. In this day and age, most of us have become extremely dependent on our phones, and most Americans never even realize that these extremely sophisticated little devices are gathering mountains of information on each one and each one of us. Your phone knows what you look like. It knows the sound of your voice. It knows where you have been. It knows where you have shopped. It knows your interests, your internet searches, and it knows what you like to do in your free time. In fact, your phone literally knows thousands of things about you, and all that information is bought and sold every single day without you knowing. It's really important to understand that your phone is a surveillance device. The reason why the advertisements on your phone seem so perfectly tailored for you is because of all the information that your phone has gathered on you personally. Now, I know many of you feel like they're listening to us, right? Like they're surveilling us. That's not really true, okay, as in they're not like listening in like a wiretap. But what they are doing is is gathering information. So that's a form of surveillance. But here's an example. It's easy to feel like your phone is spying on us. It's, it is actually spying on us, but not eavesdropping. Alex Hammerstone, government risk and compliance practice lead at information technology security firm TrustSec, told Fox News via email. The reason why we see ads pop up that seem to be correlated to the exact thing we were just talking about is because technology and marketing companies gather extensive amounts of personal and behavioral data on us, but it's not from eavesdropping. It's from surfing the web, shopping, posting on social media, and other things people do online. Here in the United States, some private companies are doing things like they're doing in China. Information collected from our phones is being used to create secret surveillance scores, and selling those scores has become very big business. This comes from the Houston Chronicle. Operating in the shadows of the online marketplace, specialized tech companies you've likely never heard of are tapping vast troves of your personal data to generate secret surveillance scores, digital mugshots of millions of Americans that supposedly predict our future behavior. The firms sell their scoring services to major businesses across the U.S. economy. For example, uh, your scores can determine whether or not someone will rent a property to you or whether or not you will be hired for a job or even how long you will have to wait for customer service. CoreLogic and TransUnion, TransUnion say that scores they peddle to landlords can predict whether a potential tenant will pay rent on time, be able to absorb rent increases, or break a lease. Large employers use HireVue, a firm that generates an employability score about candidates by analyzing tens of thousands of factors, including persons' facial expressions and voice intonations. Other employers use Cornerstone Score, which considers where a job prospect lives and which web browser they use to judge how successfully will be at a job. Okay? So this is the, the question of our time, that how does one in this electronic age where everything we do is now collected how do you you keep your privacy how do you keep you know the ability 
to just have some things private to you. And in China, they've taken this to the the nth degree so that literally they're controlling your thoughts. Okay. Now here, you know, this, you can call this an invasion of privacy, but it also in the U.S., it does help you with things like, you know, find the product you're trying to buy. So there's a, you know, again, you know, you can give up, you give up security for liberty. That's, that's that, that deal we always talk about from our founding fathers. I'm really worried about this because I don't know how you, you beat this. I just don't know. But your phone, the best thing you can do, and I do this sometimes, is just leave it. Don't take it with you. If you're going for a walk or a bike ride or something, don't take your phone. Don't take it with you because there's just sometimes you just don't need it. I don't know. That's my best advice to you, but I just wanted you to know that. Here is something that I consider good news that came up that I was happy to see. The American Journal of Psychiatry retracts claims that sex trained surgery helps patients' mental health. And I remember reporting on this because this is like a year ago. The American Journal of Psychiatry has re- retracted its findings from a study last fall that has claimed sexual uh, sex reassignment surgery improves a patient's mental health. The journal now claims it's a study that shows no such improvement. Duh, no kidding. The authors of the original conclusion had celebrated theirs as the first total population study of transgender individuals with a gender incongruent diagnosis that offered support for providing gender-affirming surgeries to transgender individuals who seek them. Bullcrap, okay? Bullcrap. It was a lie. Human error is a possibility here, said uh, Anderson, Ryan Anderson, who's from the Heritage Foundation, and I've quoted him on this show, who, who you know, fights against transgenderism. It's a human error is a possibility here, he said, but it is also the possibility that there was a profound uh, preferred outcome from the study, so that they wanted the study to say a certain thing. Obviously, we don't know in this particular instance whether it was just an honest mistake or if this was a motivated, it was motivated research, motivated reasoning to lead to a certain conclusion. But he's criticized the lack of media coverage of the study and the media coverage of the original findings, which was widespread, but few outlets have covered this correction. So just like always, just like always, right, the media lies to you. They just lie to you. And that's why all of us have had to give up. If, if the New York Times says something, believe the exact opposite. This isn't news. This is propaganda, comrade. Okay? And here's another example. But they trumpeted the study that says, oh, transgender, it, you know, sex change surgery, it'll feel 100% better. No study says that. I've talked about this. Most people that get sex change surgery regret it their entire lives, and that's why many of them commit suicide. It's absolutely a lie. But, you know, what else is new? Well, so here's some more things that are new, okay? Sally Yates was uh, interrogated by the uh, Lindsey Graham and the Senate Intelligence Committee this week, and she made a big announcement. She basically said that James Comey went rogue in the Flynn interview. That's big news, folks. She threw Jim Comey under the bus. But what happened? Network Evening Newscast skipped Sally Yates saying that, okay? Uh, you know, MRC news analyst Nicholas Frandarco, who monitors broadcast news covers, called it another example of broadcast network covering up the degree of corruption in the Russia, in Russia investigation. As Yates told the committee, she was upset upon learning Comey's interviewed Flynn without her authorization. Instead of reporting on Yates' shocking testimony, all three networks boasted how former Vice President Joe Biden decided to give his convention speech from the safety of his basement in Delaware. They didn't report it at all. So it goes back to what I talked to you about last week, where they're not censoring us as much as they're censoring your friends, your Democratic in-laws, your Democratic sons or daughters, the people who believe this insanity, that the Trump derangement syndrome crowd. See, because again, when Durham, and there's more and more evidence that, matter of fact, I heard that Durham is going to be interviewing Brennan this week. That's a big deal. When the Durham, you know, grand juries bring indictments, your friends are going to be stunned because they have not heard a lick of this evidence that's come out. They have been in a total information blackout, and they don't know it. They think you're uninformed. But it just keeps going. 
It just keeps going. So what happened this week? Think it was on Wednesday? Yeah, Donald Trump sent out a tweet about kids and going to school and basically something that we all know, that, that kids have heightened immunity to coronavirus. I just showed you a chart that said that you have like zero chance of dying if you're zero to one, nine years old and you have like a two-tenths of a chance if you're up to 19. So what happened? Twitter and Facebook took it off. Facebook said it removed the video of the interview because President Trump claimed that children have a heightened immunity to coronavirus. The Trump campaign stands by this claim, but Facebook disagrees and uses it as an excuse to prevent American citizens using the platform from hearing what their president has to say. This is despite repeated assurances from Facebook founder and CEO Mark Zuckerberg that the platform was not censoring politicians. Yeah, they censored the president of the United States. And what did we do about it? What's the president going to do about it? You can't do nothing, folks. This is outrageous. It is in it is indisputable that children do not have any risk from this. It's indisputable. And the experts from Big Brother from 1984, George Orwell, Facebook, Twitter, Google, Instagram, they said no. Two plus two equals five. And you better agree to that. That's what we're fighting. And and again, I have no doubt of victory. We can defeat all these people. I am not afraid at all. I'm just mad that we aren't doing what we should be doing, that we aren't fighting them. The Department of Justice should be raiding Google and Facebook and all these tech firms and hauling computers out of there and taking the CEOs out in handcuffs because they're lying to Congress, they're they're working with the Chinese, and they're damaging our country. They're aiding and betting our enemies. They, By the way, they don't take down the Ayatollah's rants from Iran against Israel. That's okay. But Donald Trump saying that children have a heightened you know, immunity gets taken down as misinformation? Really? Yeah. And you can... Change your sex just by saying you're a boy or a girl, right? Yeah. That's what went wrong, folks, when we accepted that crap. We accepted that nonsense. So I am going to end on a high note because I sent this out this week, and I just thought this was inspirational. So I'm going to play it for you again uh, if you didn't see it when I sent out the text or the email. But this is a, a, a real patriot who was in Huntington Beach, California, at a pro-Trump rally, a pro-police rally, anti-lockdown you know, rally in California. And what this guy had to say, I just thought, says it all and talks about what America is. Listen to this, Patriot. In a black neighborhood, black on black crime is real, and most of them are dying from black crime. White people aren't doing anything to them. White people voted Barack Obama in for eight years. Eight years. Everything that the blacks could be crying about should have did it on his watch, and they did it. I'm black, 52, I'm not oppressed. Ain't nobody oppressing me. America is more free than it's ever been. Right. And every every Amen. black person knows that. Amen. So to keep listening to somebody making you think they're going through this, some little young 19-year-old black person, they've been through this. They ain't been through nothing. They're creating it. They're creating a problem that does not exist, like they're talking about. Is there racism? Of course. But overall, do you understand how far we've come? Huh? Yeah, do you understand how far we've come? We have now in America, white mothers and fathers are allowing their daughters to, to, to marry black folks. Y'all know this stuff that don't exist like it used to. Years ago, a white girl could have never, I'm married to a Caucasian woman, the most beautiful woman in the world. So all this talk about racism and all this, don't listen to it, it's a lie. They don't know who they're mad at. Remember, this started with George Floyd. It went from George Floyd to now it became the white people. Then it went from the white people. Now it's the whole system of America. They don't know what they're mad at. 
They don't know what they're bothered by. All we're saying, you guys, don't get caught up in the hype. It's all wrong. I am the happiest man. I'm one of the happiest men in the world. I'm one of the happiest, blessed men in the world. If you could see my life, I thank God. But that's what I told them. I'm not oppressed. The only people that's oppressed in this world is people that embrace being oppressed. If you want to complain about something, there's a million things to complain about. But why not be grateful at what you have? And this is what I say. If they're so bothered, why don't they leave and go to Africa or to another country? If you're that, if you're that bothered with America, pack your stuff. Hold a crusade, because I think some of us will put money up and help you leave. So, I don't know how you say it any better than that. It's inspirational to me. It's so sincere and so true. We are not a racist nation. This is all manufactured. and And we've come so far. And to have people just trash us as if we haven't done anything when we've done more than anyone on the planet in history ever. It's just disgusting to me. And it's time that we stop taking it. It's time that we stop, you know, not defending ourselves when people want to call us names. We're not racist. You're not a racist. They're the racist. They hate white people. And don't think, if if we're so racist, folks, how come... They have to make up racist things to to try to prove their point, which mostly fail. You can't be less racist than that. The fact of the matter is, and you and I know it, not only are we not racist against blacks in particular, but Hispanics and, and gays and other people, but they have not equal rights to us. They have superior rights to us. That's where there's things like hate crimes. Right? There shouldn't be hate crimes. If we're all equal, there should just be crimes. Why are there hate crimes? So they can punish people who are not minorities more than minorities. The fact of the matter is that if it's between a white person and a minority, or a black person, a Hispanic, a woman, a gay, a veteran, who gets the job? And yet they're going to make you feel bad because you have supposed white privilege? That's black privilege. That's what we got in this country. And you know it, and the blacks know it, and everybody knows it. So stop believing this nonsense. Just quit nodding your head and say, oh, yeah, okay. Stand up and say, I ain't racist. You are. You aren't oppressed. Just like that man said, you're not oppressed. This is the greatest country in the world. And we're going to defend it, and we're going to keep it that way. And we're going to win this election, and then we're going to defeat the communist left. No matter what they do. If it comes to a fight, if it comes to a a, a military fight, then we're going to have to do that. We'll do it. Whatever we have to do, we will not give up our freedom and liberty. We just won't. That's who America is. That's who you are. That's who I am. And that's what's going to happen. So let's try to make it not happen. Let's beat them so bad in the polls. Let's take out so many Democrats that they're so defeated that they can't raise any money. Let's take their funding away. So they can't fight. That's the smart thing to do. And I hope we're going to get smart real soon because we haven't been very smart up until now. Okay? So I'm going to wrap up the show. As always, I can't thank you enough for watching, for listening. I can't thank you enough for telling other people about this show and, and sending them our way. I can't thank you enough for all the stories you send to me each week. Info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Email me at info at wethepeopleconvention.org. I love your stuff. I use it. A lot of the videos and stuff you saw on this show came from you. It's your show. I just present it. I'm hoping to see many of you at the We The People Convention next week. If you don't have your tickets, go to wethepeopleconvention.org and get them because there aren't that many left. And then I'll be back again next week with a, a podcast and a radio show before the convention. You've been listening to We The People Convention, news and opinion, radio show and podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. And I'll be back next week.